I've been doing this since, oh God, like November. I think late November, early December was when I started roughly, roughly around the time that uh, Trans Regret Snoopy started uh, their Bible podcast. The Trans Regret Snoopy presents the Bible. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good idea. I haven't, I haven't listened to any episodes yet. I've only, I've only recently discovered that you were even doing this, but um yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really advertise it all of that much, I don't think. I mean, it's just like a simple retweet with videos when it comes out and then kind of leave it there. It's uh, not really, I'm not trying to make it a thing. I'm not trying to make it big. Mm. And once I finish the Bible, like I've, you know, kind of hard committed that that's it. That's <laughs> it's the podcast a... game. I yeah. got in, I got my feet wet, I uh, dipped my beak in a little bit and, uh, you know. I got you a... have to dip your beak. You have to dip your beak. Every, you got to get your beak wet. You yeah, gotta... yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to hydrate the beak, let it soak. So, completely agree. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you know, a lot of people do. I think a lot of people have the idea now, or at some point in time, it's like, oh, I I should start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. Like, it's going to be me and my bros are going to be riffing. It'll be it'll be come town, you know, <laughs> uh, or or whatever kind of idea. But it seems like a lot of it's just like, what if we just talked about like whatever comes to our our minds. Uh, but yeah, and those usually last like, I don't know, like two or three episodes, I think if that, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of, there's a big, there's a big graveyard of, you know, when how people talk about like dead apps, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a graveyard. There's also, it's, there's that for podcasts as well. Like I who've released one or two now LWI are, are an exception to this because that's more, that was more or less their model, but, um, I don't think they were thinking too hard about it, which. Sorry, which uh, LWI? Uh, La, La Wisconsin and Sumi's Protestant Wins podcast. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I think I've listened to like one or two episodes of that. Not that it's, you know. It's not or, for everyone. Yeah, it, I don't know, just like, I think I think the phrase in Sumi's is some kind of deactivation trigger where I read <laughs> it or hear it and some part of my brain is just like, I'm going to start thinking about something way dumber now. <laughs> I, I, I understand. Yeah. No, I know, um, but on failed podcasts, like I know that uh, episode one, that's like their whole kind of gimmick. I don't know if you like listen to the, or like know those guys, like. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed, they're not, they're, it's it's amazing that they've been able to keep it up so long. Um, oh, yeah. I, a couple of their episodes are really good. Sometimes, you know, they have a few, they have misses here and there, but uh, generally, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in general, it's, it's incredible, yeah, that they keep going. I mean, I, I can, you know, uh, continually I'm in awe of just uh, Branson's improvisation and creative capacity, you know? Like, he has some kind of magic brain that's uh, mm. just a joy to listen to and a joy to kind of, like, look at. I don't know. I read, I read his books, too. He's uh, yeah, inspirational. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive when guys can just like talk off top like that, eh? No, oh, yeah, no, it's a it's a talent. A lot of people think that they can because it's like, oh, it's just talking, but it's there's something there's something more. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 being able to do it without being anxious. Like, there's a sort of anxiety that comes when you're doing it. Um, you know, when it's being recorded as well. Like, so I think a lot of people who find that they're quite fluid, fluent when they're uh, like just chatting casually with buddies, maybe think that they could do it in that kind of context and find that they just can't. Yeah. I mean, it's also being able to do it at will is a, is a thing where oh, yeah. uh, it's not even like the performance anxiety necessarily, but just like, oh, you'll have like a really good conversation 
like an hour after you turn off the mic or or just randomly whenever, right? And you think, oh, this is good. If only we could have been recording that instead of and I wound up recording, mm. which was nothing. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely an element. Anyway, so I've been recording for a couple of minutes. Uh, this is uh, Bible Buddies. I'm here with uh, Freddie, and we are talking about the book of Amos, or Amos. I don't know how to pronounce it either. I'm I'm going to guess Amos because, like, Amos and Andy, but, like, Amos is, like, I don't know. Yeah. Sounds, Amos, Amos rhymes with anus. That, exactly. It sounds dirty. It sounds, it, you know, it's a funny word, whereas Amos is like, oh, this is the guy who's, like, predicting – uh, the the death and the destruction, you know, it's a bit uh, more, uh, slightly more reverent. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, like, what's your background with the Bible? Uh, I don't. I have a very. I mean, my background is almost entirely limited to the New Testament. That's the only part of the Bible which I've I've read in detail. Um, I've I've gone. I mean, I have passing familiarity with aspects of the uh, Old Testament, but. Um, the, a lot of the, the books of this part of the Bible, where there are lots of really short books yeah. about the, pro- I'm, 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 I'm fairly unfamiliar with it. So I, I, I try, I read it with, with some interest. I, I find the King James translation a little harder to deal with, with certain parts of the old Testament. Um, oh yeah. Well, especially when you get to, like, I, I actually just stopped using the King James like several books ago. I was like, this is just no way that I can handle uh, there's a lot going on. I need something yes. a bit more straightforward. Yeah, it's very difficult. Have, like, especially when you have visions uh, going on, like it, that happen here or any, any of the prophets where they're like hallucinating kind of spinning wheels or animals with 15 heads or whatever. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The description of angels and uh, Ezekiel yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, the, uh, I, 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 I still am not particularly familiar with uh, – uh, Amos, but that doesn't mean, of course, we can't uh, discuss it. Oh, um, absolutely! Yeah, I, I went, I, I hunted around for my new international, my copy of the new international version, which I think is usually my go-to, but I seem to have lost it. Um, so I brought, I brought up uh, Amos uh, on the 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 Bible Gateway website, which I haven't used for a while, but you can get the new international version on that. So I'm, that's what I'm having a look at. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I, I use as well. Um, just because it's, I mean, it's all kind of neatly laid out. They have like a bunch of different translations to the Bible. I think Bible Gateway actually has like the Hawaiian pigeon version as well huh. that has come up a number of times. Just uh, it's kind of oh yeah, to look yeah. At, but yeah, 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 yeah. Those are um, pigeon. The pigeon English language is pretty interesting, and of course, you know, the mission. It's it's they. It's the, the Bible, the translations of the Bible, um, one of the ways you can uh, encounter that language because, you know, it's not like they're translating um, the tale of two cities or whatever into uh, those pidgin languages, but missionaries were motivated to, you know, bring the word of the Lord to these, uh, you know, uh, to people who had been sort of bypassed until then by civilization. So... Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it like, it's interesting to get like a nice bridge of like the kind of oral uh, tradition as well with like, it's like, oh, this is just phonetically how it is, but it also acts as a kind of Rosetta stone. Like you can have, yeah. you know, languages, which it's like, oh, this is like a tribe of a hundred people and they all died out because I don't know, like a bulldozer ran over them. They were just in the way, <laughs> they were in the way of some very profitable trees. 
but we'll have a record of what language they spoke because we have like a copy of the Bible, which is just phonetically how they sounded. So, you know, we'll know their word for like Lord or something. This is probably like, oh, you know, it's this. We got it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So just Oh, like, well. Yeah. It's not, so, I mean, it's not something that you really want to say, well, that's a good thing because no, you know, the, the context of it is pretty, <laughs> pretty awful, but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking, we're looking for silver linings here. We're trying to, we're trying to grab our consolation prizes when we can get them. But as far as like, you know, when you ask why are there so many translations of the Bible or what, to what end could there possibly be? It's like, well, you know, you got that at least. I'm just, I'm just always interested. And in, I mean, how would they have like communicated the idea of say, like the destruct when Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem, you know, like no stone will be, you know, left. Uh, how would you, how do you communicate that idea to people who's, um, who have not produced stone buildings, you know, who haven't, who don't have that kind of engineering. Yeah. But yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Well, I mean, I figure, Hmm. Maybe they tailor it to certain uh, people's experiences or, or something, you know. But yeah. even then, it's like, like oh, like describing a sheep and like a flock of sheep, you know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Or when Jesus says, like, look at the birds; they don't, they don't store away and they don't reap or harvest and store away in barns. Yeah. You know, you, you're communicating that to a. Um, Exactly. Uh, to, to an indigenous peoples. And they're like, well, yeah, we know that. Yeah. We understand. Or, or, or it's a group of people who like, they, they live in the jungle that happens to have the reaper bird, which does reap and the sower. Bird oh, yeah, the sower. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, and the harvester bird, which builds barns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does it as a team, as a, uh, a kind of, yeah. Uh, you'll have to have me back on when when you get to the New Testament, because <laughs> uh, you know we're we're not we shouldn't be discussing this. But when when you when you get to Matthew, yeah, you don't want to spoil don't want to spoil this uh, two thousand year yeah. old book for me. Well, I mean, it's funny because I think all of the guests that I've had on, save one, in total, have been all Christian who are only familiar with the New Testament. Like I guess, like I know plenty of Jews. I just didn't think to invite them on. So I don't know. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see who I can get on. Is actually it's not, it's not an intentional. It's not an intentional thing you're yeah. doing, right? It's you. You're not avoiding Jewish people. Oh no, of course not. Of course not. That's uh, me self-hating. What? What? <laughs> no, it's it's actually it's because they're all incredibly secular. So yeah. uh, to that end, it's like you just come on, and they'll be like, "Oh, I don't remember this. I didn't. I didn't even mm -hmm. do a bar mitzvah." It's like awesome. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, my the, I my I'm writing my uh, my PhD thesis largely on a Jewish uh, Marxist philosopher named G. A. Cohen who in some of his later work writes a lot about his um, upbringing, which was, he was brought up in the context of the communist movement in Canada in the fifties. And he talks a lot about how the, uh, his, his, his upbringing was, was communist, but it was also a secular Jewish upbringing. And there was an attempt to create a sense of a Jewish culture that was distinct from the religion. And he, and he came to think you couldn't do that. You can't have Jewishness without the religion. Uh, and he, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's I don't I don't want to put a foot wrong here because it it, it seems like something I could say something very stupid about. Um, but he mentioned that he was sort of uh, he didn't like it when well he 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 felt he he would feel sad when he encountered secular Jewish students when he was a teacher at Oxford because he thought that something was being lost in mm. the secularization of Judaism. Uh, which is, yeah. I don't know. I found that I found that interesting that you can't really the, that he thought you couldn't have a Jewish culture without the religion. Yeah. But he also said that he became very interested in the New Testament. Um, he watched Pasolini's movie about Matthew when he was uh, twenty three or twenty four and remained a, a very a very interested New Testament reader. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, Jewish Jewish culture, that Jewish Marxist culture produced some interesting figures. Someone who was at while well, he was trying to get back uh, to his his Jewish roots, so to speak. He was also becoming increasingly interested in the New Testament, um, which seems fraught. Well, I, I don't know, actually, because it's it's funny. I think that's that's something that Jesus talks about, or at least I, I remember transcript Snoopy brings this up is how. Uh, at, at the time, he thought of himself as like continuing on the the Jewish kind of tradition, the Jewish legacy. It was like, oh, this is like actually like you have prophets and you have very important people who come down. Like you have, uh, you know, Moses, for example, who changed what you know Judaism was, you know, uh, until then, right? And it's like a, the forging of a new covenant. It's like, oh, I'm not breaking from tradition, starting a new kind of thing. It's the same, you know. He saw it as like the next kind of step. Like we're still Jews, mm. right? We're Jews, Jews yeah, that yeah. we're following the the will of God, and um, you know, and we're just doing it the right way, right? He's he's got some new things that he wants us to do. That's not unheard of, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's an aspect of it I missed in my very tepid Anglican upbringing. Um, it 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 it, I re it really only hit me that uh, you know Jesus's uh, preaching was in the context of you know, Jewish scripture. I mean, the way it was in that context, the way he sort of understood himself as, you know, fulfilling, fulfilling the law. Uh, yeah. Uh, but when I was being, you know, it's not something that was really communicated very well uh, when I was, um, you know, going to chapel when I was a little kid. Well, it's, it's very funny because, I mean, this is something that's come up uh, a couple times is the kind of, uh, Christianization of the Old Testament. I mean, that's not really, a, or like a kind of washing away of Judaism in the Old Testament that seems to have been in kind of Christian teaching. So I had um, Ash Nervon for for Daniel, and we were talking about like, oh, like you know, uh, Daniel being thrown into the lion's den, and uh, the lions don't eat him because he's so faithful and God protects him, or like the um, you know the people going into the fire uh, because of their faith. And uh, the fire doesn't touch them. It doesn't burn them because of their faith and they believe in God. And like the way that, you know, they, a lot of people have always interpreted and actually, you know, me as well is like, I, I usually hear those stories of Daniel being like, oh, it's like the Romans doing it to Christians, you know, like this is the persecution of Daniel, the Christian being thrown to the lions when it's mm -hmm. not, it's not true at all. It's just like, this is the Jews that are doing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you sort of forget that there's a history to it. No, yeah, there's there's an incredible kind of continuity. Um, and another thing is also like reading Hebrews. So there's a little bit of skipping ahead. I did an episode with Transgrid Snoopy. We did Hebrews, right? Um, and uh, Hebrews is like a lot of referencing of like uh, the Old Testament. Like it's a lot of references to like Jeremiah and stuff. 
that, that happened there, which is, you know, like just overt quoting, like just lifting entire passages with, uh, you know, in Hebrews, I think is like a letter to specifically uh, Jews who became followers of Christ. And it's like here or, or two Jews to become Christian followers or I'm sorry, um, yeah. like Jesus kind of like, oh, here's like, you know, how this all jives with what we already know and believe and the biblical precedent for it and from all of the Torah that you've studied and like the, you know, other stuff that you've studied. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I, I, I feel, I feel at sea with it really. I mean, it's something that I would like to understand a little bit better because I mean, my connection with religion is, is most deep at the level of philosophy. That's how I, return to it. Uh, that's how I engage with it at the moment. But that uh, when you're thinking about philosophical questions relating to religion, you're not looking so much at um, uh, exegesis or uh, the history of the Bible and, and that kind of thing. But uh, you, you, you come at that obliquely. You know, it's not uh, it's not the thing you're directly concerned with, concerned with. But my interest in, in that aspect of religion, well, the Abrahamic religions has been, you know, slowly increasing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of, you know, one of the, like, it's, it's a fascinating book. Like the more I read uh, the Bible, the more I realize like there is so much incredible like depth to it more than just like what is going on in like individual kind of chapters or what's going on in the books, like plot wise or quote wise, or like, uh, I, I don't know, like there's so many angles to attack it from or to like view yeah. it or to read. Exactly. Yeah. You can't, you can't just start. It helps to have, you have to sort of learn how to read it as well. I remember when I was a little kid um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to try and read the Bible You know, I, when I was say 11 or 12. Um, and I, cause you know, I thought, well, this is an important book, you know, culturally I'm, I'm Christian. I go to chapel from time to time. I should, I should sort of read it instead of just listening to it. And then I, I sort of, I started reading Exodus and it was, um, you know, where they're, where they're listing the, um, you know the names of the children of Israel. Oh yeah, and I'm like, man, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this, is, this is this is boring. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. this is insanely boring. And yeah. just looking through it and finding heaps of heaps of stuff like that, and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not reading this. Which you know, don't that, that's. I just I didn't know how to read it. <laughs> A lot of people get stuck there. Like when I I tried to do this originally, like this, like read the Bible from cover to cover, just. Uh, linearly like seven years ago six or seven years ago or something like that it was a while I you know come back from university and had the book and I was like oh I'm done with this and you know for for learning but maybe I can actually just read this thing and yeah you get to Exodus that part at the end and into the beginning of numbers where it's just genealogy and describing rules and like how you're supposed to build you know the the, mm-hmm. the ark it it's uh yeah 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 it's not what you expect when you have a sort of a child you know it's sort of a bible school or you know divinity studies education oh absolutely well they they don't tell you like there are some stories like biblical stories which adapt fantastically well to being kind of fairy tales you know yeah oh yeah i remember esther was a really popular one like obviously daniel kind of is a, a popular one right these are kind of story like even like the you know, David with the foreskins and, and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those yeah. translate really well. Whereas, yeah, I don't know, like the, the prophesying about uh, how insanely like beyond fucked Israel and Judah are uh, if they, they do not <laughs> repent uh, in, in so many different ways. It's like, I don't know, how do you... 
how do you summarize that? How do you turn that into a picture book or a little pop book? Exactly. Book? It's like you could, yeah. I mean, the, 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 you know, Israel's going to be destroyed, you know, if you don't, if you don't watch out, so, right? It's, uh, if you don't, if you don't fucking pull your socks up, your homeland is going to be just utterly, because I mean, that's what I, that's what I was actually to bring this back to Amos. Um, I don't want to divert you too much. Oh no, well, now we're, now we're on, now we're on topic. Yeah, I, I figured I figured we'd better bring this back on topic. So now, see, this is this is something that you can't turn into a into a fairy tale. He's basically saying, from what I can tell, that uh, you know your rituals aren't going to save you from destruction if you don't look after the poor. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's. I feel like that, like I, I actually didn't take this down, but the 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 section where it's like, oh, like you know, I, uh, I think he talks about how they need to like sacrifice in their hearts or like circumcise their hearts. I think he actually like <laughs> says that line specifically, which is like an echo to another earlier line about the the circumcision of the hearts, right? And how, yeah, like they people will sacrifice all of their bulls to perform the rituals, but if they do not love God, then you know, yeah, which is. Which is interesting. Um, there's a. Uh, it seems because this this gets at a a problem that I think you know it follows all religion, regardless of what religion it is. The 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 idea that uh, ritual isn't enough. You know, going through the motions isn't enough. You have to, you know, you have to change the way you live. You have to live according to the religion. The religion is not just rituals. Um, yeah, and it's also. And, no, sorry, go on. Oh no, and uh, you know, even if there are some religions where you don't have the, you know, there isn't the uh, possibility of an all-powerful, you know, an omnipotent, omnipresent God who will, you know, destroy uh, destroy you. Um, there, are, there are similar. There are sort of functionally similar ideas, I guess. Um, but uh, what I found interesting, I guess, here is that um, uh, it made me think of the fact that, uh, you know, Yahweh or, you know, the God of the Old Testament originated as a, as a tribal God and then became, you know, uh, the God of monotheism, you know, uh, a God that wasn't just for the tribe of Israel, but a God for everyone. And that, that God wanted everyone to sort of behave the same way. And he wasn't going to give special treatment to the Jews just because they'd signed a covenant with him. I, this, this was a very, this is a very interesting idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's fascinating that one, so uh, when I was reading that, like the way that I kind of interpreted, because uh, I mean, I guess there are two ways. One is like, you know, the covenant that you make with God with like the, you know, circumcision, the sacrifices and so forth is, uh, like in theory that applies to everyone or something, but like the kind of way that I saw it is like, Oh, it's like the surrounding areas have fallen so far into just being uh cruelty. Like there, I think when God uh, did the first flood, right. And then, you know, Noah had got on his ark and then he would save, uh, and he promised not to do it again. He laid down, uh, I think what, seven or 10 kind of commandments or laws uh, called the uh, Noahabite, Noahabite uh, laws, which is basically it applies to everyone. You know, where it's like, don't kill, don't steal, you know, it's essentially the commandments a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like how I said, it's like, okay, these people are also just as bad. You're just as bad as them, you know, 
for all of this. It's like a, a sin that's not just in the breaking of the covenant. It's like just a being bad people, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, it seems to put the lie to, uh, I mean, one of the, one of the, the ideas which I felt was quite common to a certain kind of atheism, which, which grew up on and offline uh, in recent years, is that there's a um, sort of an insularity to religion. Mm. Uh, where you know my God is, is 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 the right one and your God is the wrong one, um, but uh, the the you know the the historical process that I, I'm getting a sense of when I'm you know just trying to get a grip on the Old Testament was, uh, and I mean this isn't peculiar to to Amos the book of Amos but. Um, it's it's the it's 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 the opposite of an of, a, of an insular religion in the sense that, uh, especially in the during you know say the the exile in Babylon, um, where they were exposed to you know where the Israelites were exposed to actually am I getting this history right? God, I'm so out of my depth there. Um, yeah, it was it was Babylon, and then they yeah were, yeah 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 they were freed or released or whatever by the uh, Persians and uh, King Cyrus. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, there's a you you get a you you get you get you get a sense of this broadening, uh, a broadening of uh, uh, they take a you know they take a the, the religion their religion adopt takes on a broader view. I mean, there's a line they they compare God I think to uh, amber. Or the, uh, the, the there's something. Do you do you know do you know this line? There's uh, they they compare. They compare God to to Amber. Let me let me look this up. It's a, it's. Okay, I did uh, I did find though the uh, the the quote about uh, God and the rituals, which is uh, in five twenty one. While you're looking that up, which is uh, I you know God saying I hate I despise your feasts and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and cereal offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fatted beasts, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a wonderful. That, and that line, that, uh, that verse pops up in, um, in culture all over the place, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, well, I, I've never like that, that particular quote, but just like the sentiment of like, yeah, it's, you know, it's Martin Luther King has a lie. Martin Luther King talks about justice rolling like a stream, doesn't he? Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Yeah, I think so. He must be he was subtweeting Amos. <laughs> well, there you go. It's a very popular guy. He's the original. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, actually, this yeah. Is a, it's a format post. Letting uh, things rolling down like water—that's. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, you know. It's it's a good it's it's a good metaphor. Uh-huh. Uh it, Because it 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 captures ideas of continuity and change. You know, like a consistent stream. You know, we want uh, you know we want we want our worship of God and our good actions to be sort of natural and consistent and perpetual. Yeah, I mean, it's also just the cleansing quality of it. It's like justice washing away. Uh, I mean, whatever, right? Whatever it is that needs to be needs to be washed. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, he does think that a lot needs to be washed. 
the prophets, I mean, all the prophets, not just that. Now, Amos is the first. Is how many? Is he? Is this the first? It, uh, in the timeline, yes, because so hitherto, all of the prophets we've read have been talking about the uh, Assyria having already conquered Israel and Judah's next, unless Judah learns from Israel's example and uh, repents and, and, and isn't um, captured by Babylon, right? Mm. And obviously that does not happen, but this is the, like, I mean, the first one that uh, we've encountered in this book or on this podcast, who is explicitly talking about like, yeah, just, it's just Israel for now. Just uh, you guys need to, I mean, also, you know, uh, Judah as well, but I feel like it's all Israel. I don't know. Maybe I'm actually making mm. this up. Man, there's a lot to there's a lot to take in. It's the the um, the, the 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 history, the history here is. Yeah, uh, he was <laughs> so he was a he was a contemporary of Ezekiel, not Ezekiel. Uh, damn. Yeah, looking on Wikipedia here, it says uh, Hosea and Isaiah. So. Oh uh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's, and that's the thing is that on the one hand, you're looking at this as like, my God, this timeline, like um, you read the the history sections, like with Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemia and all of that. And you're like, it's just so dry. It's begats and killings. And I mean, actually there, there's some cool stuff that happens, but for the most part, it's like, and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened mm-hmm. and this person died. And then, and then all of this comes up and then you start to make little connections, right? Where you're like, oh, wait, then this was happening at the same time as this. And I think there was another example with like, Jeremiah is like running up and down Israel and Judah, uh, trying to warn them, right? Uh, about what's coming. And uh, obviously, you know, no one really listens to him, but he goes to Judah, I believe, like the king there. Uh, no, I think he goes to Jerusalem and he's like, oh, like, you know, the, the king, or he goes to Israel. Jerusalem's in Judah, uh, and uh, I can't remember where, like what, what the gist of it is. There's a timeline which is like, oh, this is like one of the bad kings who is like he does some really selfish stuff, which you would know if you read Chronicles, right? So like if you're reading Jeremiah, you're like, oh no, Jeremiah, don't go in there. He's he's <laughs> the bad king, you know. But you only have that kind of context, the kind of like dramatic irony of knowing what exactly happens to him, which is he gets like threatened and thrown in jail uh, because. You know, you know the historical background of it, and like all of these characters of uh, historical characters that are like at play, all the pieces moving around, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Um, I think having a bad grip on this history is one of the things that made it difficult for me to uh, to get traction with um with the Old Testament. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, and this is kind of one of the things that I'm trying to dispel by reading through it in the way that I am, which is like, I'm not a particularly smart person or a particularly studious person, uh, especially with regarding this kind of, you know, particular project, but like, I'm still able to read it. I'm able to pick things up and I'm able to be like surprised and delighted and, uh, you know, a bit fulfilled. And I, and I and just basically kind of, I think that everyone can get that. Everyone can just read through it and, you know, like, yeah, you're out of your element. It's one of the most uh, studied and uh, what, like in-depth or whatever books that has been refined over and over again, over hundreds, you know, thousands of years. 
but also that's kind of a sign that it means, oh yeah, like, you know, then that means that there's something that you're going to pick up if you read it. Right. And oh, yeah. the second time, if you read it, you're still going to pick stuff up. Uh, it's, you just read it over and over again. Just keep reading your Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the difference between someone like me who is, uh, you know, I guess like technically Christian, you know, someone who would occasionally go to church and someone who really was raised Christian, you know, yeah. they would, they would, they would know the Old Testament very well uh, because in well, certain religious traditions, there's a, you know, there's a tradition of apologetics where you, where, uh, um, where you have to be able to defend the Bible as a whole. Uh, I don't know. It's because I, I remember when I, I would tutor, when I, I would occasionally, I've occasionally tutored some philosophy of religion classes at the University of Auckland, and the, the, you, you always get um, you always get religious students from from time to time. They're they're in a minority because in New Zealand we're not a particularly pious country. Um, the, the re religion here is um, not very strong, but you do you do get uh there are there are um you know religious communities uh where where belief has been maintained and it's always interesting encountering um people like this uh, because they're not you know they're not they're not the sort of they're not culty they're not, oh jesus the chainsaw the neighbors just started using it <laughs> okay um yeah we'll talk over it's not that bad Okay, hopefully it won't go on. <laughs> right on cue. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I mean, maybe you could edit it. Uh, maybe. The, 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 I don't really edit things on this podcast. I trim the beginning and like the end a little bit. And and then that's it. I'm, I'm done. Okay. Well, uh, it seems to have stopped. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm not particularly, you know, I think it sounds good. It's kind of nice. We'll shock people. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, well, I miss it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So I, I um, the, 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 the religious person who's not sort of removed themselves from society, like you get with some religious communities, you know, they're not they're not weirdos, to put it crudely, but the, the religious tradition has remained strong. Um, and so they're able to converse about the Bible in quite an, uh, an educated way um, and engage in apologetics and, and that kind of thing. Um, and if you don't, but outside of that tradition, you know, if you're not, if you, if you don't, um, if, if you're either an atheist or you're, uh, you come from a completely secular family or you come from a family uh, or, or a culture where religion has become almost perfunctory, it's just, it's something you do, but it's not very serious. It's, it's part of the, you know, it's part of your cultural life, but it's not, it's not something you're committed to. Um, you, uh, it's, 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 it's difficult. It's, it, it, it's difficult to develop a deep knowledge, I think, just in the course of your everyday life. You're, it's, it's, you're not necessarily reading the Bible every day. You don't have a picture of um, the, uh, so, well, certainly outside the New Testament. So, I mean, in your case, um, the thing that's giving you traction is that it's, it's, you, you, have a, you have a weekly structure or a month, monthly structure or whatever with this podcast. Yeah. Um, and you're motivated to read it. But I, I was thinking about why I uh, have trouble with uh, as much trouble as I, as I have with the Old Testament, because, you know, when I, when I picked this up to, um, you know, to read, to read the book of Amos for the, um, you know, for this podcast, I mean, this, the Amos is quite short, like a lot of these, uh, 
the books of the prophet. Right? Yeah. The but, uh, yeah. Sorry, go yeah. No, no. But I found that I, 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 I was constantly having to go back and look up references. Um, things which if I'd had a, you know, a properly religious upbringing, you know, would have, would have been, would have, Jesus, would have come quite naturally. I think, uh, so, I mean, this is another reason why Zoom is like, you know, pretty good compared to like Audacity or something is uh, Zoom has some kind of auto detect where it'll like, you know, mute it a little bit when there's like loud, abrupt drilling, which is good for me because I, I don't want to have to fiddle around with doing any yeah, kind of good. work or editing, you know, lazy enough as it is. Yeah. Sorry about that. If I had known this was going to happen, I, <laughs> I would have said something, but yeah. oh well yeah what are you what are you gonna do i mean that's uh trying to think if there's anything biblical about this about the the hammering going on anything in amos but uh, nothing immediately comes to mind so oh that's all right but yeah what was your so what was your takeaway let's get it back on track what was your takeaway from from amos in the context of your broader reading in the broader reading, so this is a, a constant theme that you uh, kind of see through, especially it just seems like all of the minor prophets as well as the major ones, which is uh, the fall is coming and everyone needs to take heed and be very, uh, yeah, be, be, be like, yeah, take heed and repent, basically. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, otherwise the fall will come, destruction will come, and uh, the righteous will be spared in some cases. Some cases, uh, sometimes they won't, but the, the wicked are always just punished severely. Um, like, I mean, uh, and, and also, yeah, just, just generally about how, uh, like the, like the repetitiveness of it, right. You have this very kind of simple thing, which is like, you have these Cassandras kind of running around saying like, please listen, you know, uh, you're, we're all, we're all going to die. And then people being like, no, of course, this is, this is a crazy man. Uh, people saying like, don't you know that it's against uh, the law to falsely prophesy, you know, you're saying that, uh, the end is coming, but like, you know, God would let us know if it was, and who are you? You're just some random person who is uh, uh, speaking and you have no powers or miracles to demonstrate that you're actually acting as a um, messenger of God, other than, you know, you had a dream uh, where he spoke to you, but that doesn't prove anything. And, you know, it's like this notion of like, yeah, how do you, like, how do you know? I think there's um, uh, something that I wrote down in two, 212, uh, which is like, oh, like, you know, but you made the Nazarites drink wine, commanded the prophets saying you shall not prophesy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, yeah, like, how, how do you, like, it gets to that question of faith and also, I mean, you know, that uh, that that tree in the garden, right? Which is like, how, yeah. like we, we want that knowledge, that certainty that comes with uh, knowing, but knowing, right? Like knowing, oh, the prophet was right all along means already having been punished, you know? Like the only way you would know that uh, the a prophet future teller is correct is through hindsight, but at that point it's too late. So yeah. it's it's kind of the, um, but it's like we want it. We want to know. We want certainty. We we don't want to have faith. We don't want to believe that you know this person is like a person is right or, or you know it's like oh like damn maybe we are being a bit like I mean and here's the thing is that they looked around and saw within within themselves right like the the people of. Um, people of Israel and Judah at the time, yeah, they would say, "Oh, yeah, like we're we're we don't really we're not uh, 
we're performing these kind of acts, right? It's purely a perfunctory kind of uh, display, but we aren't living in accordance with with God's uh, will. Like we're following the laws, but not the will, right? Mm. Uh, we have the uh, law, but not the lawful good. So, you know, uh, and you'd think they would see that within themselves and be like, yeah, you know what? Like, even if he's wrong, then, you know, this, like, we should be agreeing to the covenant in the first place, right? Like, this is what we should be doing. Um, mm. I mean, that's my theory. The second part kind of tacked on, but the first part I did think a fair bit about. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that makes, that, makes, that makes sense to me. I mean, the only thing that I, I, I would have to add to that is the, the emphasis on um, the poor. I, I mean, this is this is something that runs through all, you know, the prophet, all of the prophets were banging on about uh, mistreatment of the poor. The, there's a there's a there's a, um, you know, quite a pronounced economic, you know, an economic message. So, what I mean, what what was the it's in the same it's in the same chapter. Um, what are, what are the, uh, uh, so what, what is, what is, what is the, the nation of Israel? What are they, the tribe of Israel? What are they, what are they doing? They're selling the innocent for silver, the needy for a pair of sandals. Uh, they trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed. Father and son use the same girl. And so profane my holy name. I mean, that, that there, the, the, um, this is from the new international version. Um, father and son use the same girl, right? What, what is this? What is this talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that I couldn't work out. Oh, I, I just imagine. So, I mean, there is a, uh, I don't know if it's deuteronomical or just like a general kind of law, which is like God explicitly forbids uh, a, um, man and his father like a father and his son from both either uh, having sex with or impregnating mm. uh the same woman you're yeah i thought so was that a big problem in ancient israel um i mean presumably because they had to make a law out of it i mean i can only imagine like in the kind of tribal because i mean we we live with certain you know standards now in a westernized kind of world but like back then when it's just like oh like everyone wandering around with their goats and their sheep and their kind of tribes that are constantly warring i mean maybe i i you know we can only assume right maybe it's just making something explicit that people already kind of knew and they're like we got to write this down just in case it comes up but uh but yeah i mean they, 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 there's a whole bunch of like wife laws and sex laws that come up where it's things like okay well if your uh brother is married and you know the widow uh like the um brother is married and like you know he dies you have to marry his wife or something like that oh that's right that's a, that's that's one that people like to talk about yeah yeah it's uh still quite quite popular but then again it's like it's also like you know yeah i don't know it's funny because the one of the problems with uh strict interpretations of the bible is like especially like the you know christian christian sects which want to apply I, you know, it's the, the, actually, are there any Christian sects that do this? So, I mean, the, the laws, there are rules and regulations and conventions which are, which are set down here, which make sense for the people that they were being set down for, but which don't, which obviously don't have any clear application for, you know, religious communities today necessarily. Um, 
I mean, yeah, but I mean, this is another thing where trans, this, it, it might also be like, there might be a translation thing as well, right? Where certain words have like connotations in the original Greek or whatever language they were using even before it was translated or, uh, you know, transcripted into Greek at the time. Uh, and I, I can't, you know, prove this, but I um, know one thing that I, I read, and this is a Twitter thread, so it's, you know, grain of salt may not be true. Uh, which is that that famous uh, "Thou shall not lie with a man is with a woman," but apparently the man, the word "man," is like closer to young boy uh, in the ancient Greek. It's like it's a, um, a pedophilic term, not one of just like a kind of homosexuality, right? Like those are the connotations. Because as you know, the Greeks, one of the things they loved yeah, yeah. to do was that. Uh, yeah, no, I've read. I have read. I have actually. I've got a paper, an academic paper on this somewhere, which I which I meant to read, which was looking at uh, you know some of Paul's letters where he discusses this, uh, and you know scholars want to emphasize the fact that Paul was writing against some Greek practices, uh, and that you can't really take necessarily some of the things he's saying and apply it to as though um, it's a he's using concepts which can be smoothly applied in a modern context. So that is something that I, 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 I think yeah. is quite interesting. Oh yeah, no, exactly. And that, that like kind of jives with it as well. And that's, you know, other ways of interpreting uh, the Bible is this kind of gray text of like, oh yeah, like the, the language and the, the connotations change even just in subtle, subtle ways between like the, you know, King James English and like new international version, you know, like I know Transrigo Snoopy has like three or four different copies of the Bible that they, mm. uh, flip back and forth between. So in this case, marriage may not be like a strictly sexual thing. It may be as a, a matter of like when you're married to someone like, you know, memory is one or whatever. It's more about like being placed in like kind of a, a charge or like being taken care of as like kind of a mutual thing, not explicitly as like a impregnating thing, but as a uh, kind of like, oh, like you have, you know, maybe more like, I don't want to say like ownership, but like, yeah, maybe a bit more like that than a, a thing it's like who will take care of who will take care of who, who will take care of the the widow you know uh and in that case then it's like oh yeah then that's not an unreasonable practice that we have now like if you watch like the sopranos it's a big thing it's like whenever one of the guys gets clipped right wh what do they you know the the family takes after the wife right and i mean that's a kind of marriage that's right. Well, I think women. I think women can take look after themselves. I think they're all strong and capable. Oh, absolutely no. They're uh, you know, especially all the listeners. They're all uh, girl bosses. They're all independent, and we love every single one of them. Yeah, and uh, we reject the sexism of the ancient Israelites. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and and thinking that women needed to be taken care of. Yeah, we but should have put. Yeah. A, yeah, we should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of that. Uh, <laughs> we apologize. We're, we're, we're taking responsibility for our um, transgressions, and we're, we're holding ourselves. Yeah, we're holding ourselves accountable. We're doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, when you were talking about, it, I suddenly remembered the. Um, so the Sodom and uh, Gomorrah. Yeah. Um, the. So the problem. I, I can't remember where I've, I've read this. I, I, there was some, I, I, I briefly, you know, uh, had what I thought was a sort of a scholarly interest in the Bible before my actual academic, um, my, uh, the, the actual stuff I was doing drew me away from it. But uh, one of the things uh, which I was sort of, which I had been interested in looking a little bit more, it was the, <laughs> was the idea that the, um, 
the Bible doesn't condemn sodomy. Um, and I'm just trying to remember which which passage it is. Um, with the uh, so which uh, where is where is the um, destruction of Saddam uh, discussed again? Is that is that Leviticus? It's, it's, um, it's Genesis. Genesis. Genesis is Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, we're looking at. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to flip back and forth, like 19. So we're looking at 119, 118, something around there. All right. Yeah. See, I'm uh, very, very unfamiliar with the Old Testament. I'm sorry for that. Uh, yeah. Genesis is actually, you know what? Even if you're, Genesis is just a good read through and through. It's full of, like, it's yeah. jam packed full of good stuff. Like, like from beginning to end, it's incredible how much of a banger that book is. It's like what oh, an yeah. incredible way to start. It's been a long time since I've read. I've I've read the very I've read the very beginning, you know, quite a bit. But it's been a while since I've read through the whole thing. I always so I always I always associate um, Stam Gamara with you know uh, De Deuteronomy and uh, Leviticus. Oh, maybe it's not Leviticus. Yeah, I should have. I should have done a bit more research before I came, before I came on. In any case, this is, this is, yeah, no worries, man. This is a a no judgment and like uh, pro mistake podcast. Because like, yeah, okay. yeah, it's okay. It's okay to fail, and it's okay to not to, to know everything. Like if you read something and like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, okay, that's fine. No, you know. Well, anyway, so the. Um, the wickedness that was uh, done unto uh, Lot. Wait, so Lot? Okay, uh, the what? The, the judgment on Saddam and Gomorrah. Let me, let me. I need to be careful here because my memory is not very good. So uh, the sodomy which is condemned, or the actions which were condemned, was the was was rape. I think. This is this is one of the suggestions. So the sin was not sodomy. The sin was rape. Is one of the is one of the, uh, the the interpretations that I that I've come across, which I was interested in pursuing further, but uh, have not yet done that. In which case, you know, you're deprived. If that's if that's true, then um, the uh, you know one of the religious justifications against homosexuality. I mean, it's mainly in Christianity. This is mainly in Paul. So I, I think you know Saddam and Gomorrah is a bit of a sideshow, but uh, I think it's still it's still interesting. And that yeah. uh, I mean, I think that speaks to the, the 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 translation problems. Yeah, and also even the the act of like sodomy. Like, is it you know? My my gut feeling is that sodomy was named after Sodom, right? As opposed to like. You know, they named Sodom after the the sexual move that they were doing or had invented there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, they invented so they invented it. It's, it was like, <laughs> it's like how every um, like every city or every like I don't know baseball place has like their own hot dog. Like you have Chicago dogs, and you have like I don't know like Montreal style hot dogs. Like they had their own sex moves back then. That was like what every city was known for. Uh, but I mean, you know, but like, yeah, my, my theory is they were like, oh, like Sodom's the bad place. And so this thing that's kind of gross is like, that's, we're going to name it after that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, but I think, you know, the focusing on the sex act sort of missing the point in, 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 in um, you know, what was done to loss. Yeah. Well, he, he was, he was raped by his daughters. Yeah. 
it was so it was the problem was hospitality you know like when someone when someone can't when someone when you're obliged to give someone hospitality and you rape them well that's the that's why god destroyed the city right this is this is the idea that i've heard it's nothing it wasn't because a dick went in an anus yeah i mean and that's the thing is like that's you know there are multiple different kinds of like academic interpretations of it and also i mean it, it is it is funny because um like if if rape is the thing right like the the thing that's like the, the the sodomy act like his daughters rape him as soon as they escape from the city like uh lot goes to sleep and then like while he's asleep they uh, they impregnate themselves on him so they're all oh, that's right yeah, they're oh, all that's right. Um, I forgot about I forgot about that. Yeah, that's some uh, that's some real Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, it, I mean, it's straight yeah. up. Like I read that, I'm like, how how did I forget this? What? Why why yeah. why isn't any why isn't everyone talking about? Have you guys read this Bible thing? Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah, we're a culture. Oh, yeah. we're, we're a culture that's lost touch with it, really. Um, yeah. And this has been this is I didn't realize quite how much I had lost touch with it until I until i picked it up um uh, you know yeah um I've, I've got to spend less time in the new testament because this stuff's this stuff's cool man this is this is interesting oh yeah i mean it's fascinating there are, and there are a lot of books like i mean if i were to give you just one to really you know sink your teeth into is ecclesiastes which is one of them like out of all the the books of the old testament that i've read so far the most incredibly nuanced and downright philosophical uh kind of religious uh, examinations and the whole thing yeah well, ecclesiastes is it's marvelous um yeah that which is crooked cannot be made straight and that which is that which is wanting yeah can't. exactly do not be yeah. overly righteous or overly wicked you know vanity of vanities it's all vanities like you build projects yeah. and who you know great projects but then you die and who will look after them can you count on the wisdom of your you know children whatever i'm not directly yeah. quoting but it's, yeah that's right yeah yeah it's 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 wonderful Immanuel kant is famous for saying i think it was kant this is tributed to it so, or he was he was sort of famous for using it in one of his works where he said nothing out of the crooked timber of humanity not there has been very little that's been made straight something like that and this is i mean that's from yeah. that's that's ecclesiastes that's that's he's, he's speaking yeah he's speaking so this is i i, I imagine that Kant was was uh was a reader of was was quite impressed with ecclesiastes no well i mean Kant was a particularly he was a very religious man out of all the oh, yeah. philosophers he uh extra virginal too <laughs> but yeah you know but you know he also he wrote a book about how to have a good party Really? Well, not a book, a little a pamphlet. Yeah, he was he was he was a he he entertained a lot. He had a very active social life. He was probably gay. I mean, that's that's like always the uh, the interpretation, which is like, oh, like never married, gay, you know. Yeah. But in this but, case, it's he wasn't like a Newton. He wasn't a Newton who was um, just you know, clearly you know, extremely autistic or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. he, he well, can I mean, had a very vibrant social life. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like Kant also, like, because with his, like, specific rules uh, and his, like, obsession with, like, oh, like, everything has to be, you know, like, you have to follow the categorical imperative, like, it comes across as particularly autistic. And there's also that that story of the girl who was, like, writing to him, and she's like, I'm doing the categorical imperative, and it's making me miserable. What do I do? And, yeah, he basically kind of writes back and says, like, oh, just re-examine your life and do it again. And then... <laughs> she, kills, she kills herself not too i mean a couple of oh years really oh, i don't know the story yeah i mean it's 
like the way I heard it originally was like, oh, he basically told her to, you know, screw off. Like you, you know, dumb woman, just do the philosophy correctly, do it right. You're, you're not, uh, it uh, can't, the program can't fail. It can only be failed, but it turns out that it's actually, it's a lot more nuanced and the, the correspondence between the two was, you know, apparently pretty good. And she had issues beyond what was going on with, with Kant. So, uh, and the categorical comparative particularly, but yeah, I mean, Kant's, I mean, Kant's interesting because, uh, I mean, he, he, he wanted to, you know, obviously ground morality in reason. And this can sometimes seem uh, odd, you know, or, or counterintuitive or something that, you know, you might want to sort of reject out of hand. But I, I, I understand why he would want to push back against the, you know, the Humean idea that we're all slaves to our passions. Uh, our passions, at least in the Humean sense, don't seem to be a very good uh, basis for morality. And we reason ethically all the time. I mean, I, I think the, the, when, you're try, when you're trying to negotiate irony, say, uh, in a, especially in the internet context, yeah. where, where someone says something disgraceful, um, you know, uh, people who have trouble reading irony um, or who take a dim view of irony or who aren't fluent in it, uh, who have trouble picking up on the ironic voice will sort of, you, they may immediately react uh, to, 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 to something which is said ironically. And then they can read from the context that it is, is it's, it's, you know, it's not meant straightforwardly or literally. Um, and then they form a judgment about it. You know, they they might say, "Well, okay, this is this is this is fine, right? This is this is an acceptable form of speech." Yeah. Um, or they and, might and here, say, or yeah. or they might say that uh, you know, euthanasia is neoliberal. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're formulating rules using your reason about a domain of human behavior, which is uh, an ethical, moral domain. Um. And so why not suggest that actually the, 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 you know, the business of, of ethics, of human ethics, is reasoning about moral principles? Because we do it all the time. Yeah. But I think his attempt to sort of ground it in that failed, um, or his attempt to ground it was a bit, you know, I'm still, this is stuff I'm still, <laughs> still working through. Uh, but I, I understand what his project, I don't, I don't think his project was uh, particularly odd. No, I'm actually, I'm quite, I'm quite fond of, of, of Kant and like his, like, I think that he was right. Like logically I'm like, yep, just check, check, check. You're absolutely, this all flows nicely. Well done. Uh, I agree with everything here, but you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you can't, yeah. can't live like this. <laughs> so. yeah, I, no, you can't. And um, it's, 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 and we know we, uh, how do you, I mean, I, people formulate moral principles all the time. So I, I just don't know if he was able to guarantee, you know, what the correct use of, of, of reason was. You, you know what I mean? It's like, am I formulating a maxim on behalf of all reasoning creatures? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that you, it's, it's choosing your, uh, the first, the principles, right? It's like from, like, if you accept these principles to be good, you know, then like yeah these these rules and how you must abide by them fault like naturally follow right like you can't presume to know like our knowledge of things is limited but we can agree that like yeah there's like a truthful reality of some kind out there right we're not all just kind of living in in our heads uh you know like when i uh like pick up a chair and move it somewhere like my perception of the chair is not 
100% spot on, but like I could still, we can all agree that like that, that there's something chair-like that exists in that space. Yeah, yeah but our existence, we, we know, we can all agree on it because we, we have pure, the, the intuition, we have, we all have by virtue of just being human beings, a pure intuition of time and space. Yeah. The, <laughs> which we impose, which we impose on the world. I mean, can't, Ken, Ken, Ken thinks time and space is, uh, 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 God, it's been a while since I've done this, but he basically thinks it's something we have, you know, and, and impose on the world. And the thing in itself is, yeah, is, well, uh, I mean, but that's the thing is it's also, it's like that little dance that he does back and forth where it's like, it's a thing that exists. We can't know that it exists. Like we, we do, but we can't prove it. We can't really, you know, whatever. That's only God can uh, have a complete understanding of it. We can't take in like, the elephant is there. We can't take in more than like, you know, like a single part of the trunk at a time. But like we can agree that like, you know, something that's is there. Just we're limited by that. So acting as if, you know, we, we can do the elephant thing. Man, I bring up that analogy yeah. all the time. It's, it's a good one. I, I, I approve of it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of like the like the, the concept of like the what is it, noumenal and the phenomenal. Like, I think that split is like 100%, you know, that's spot on. So, mm, yeah, I've been meaning to go back to Kant, to be honest. I actually want to read his, um, his work in the sciences. I, I've, 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 I've developed an interest in the history of the philosophy of science in the last couple of years. Um, and I, uh, I've, I've, I sort of realized that actually a lot of the philosophy that was going on in this period was, uh, well, of course, I mean, they understood themselves very often as, as doing something, you know, analogous to what, um, you know, uh, the, 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 I mean, Hume and Kant saw themselves as doing something indistinguishable from what, say, Newton was doing. Uh, yeah, well, even is, even Marx called it like, you know, the, the, what, did he call it the immortal science or just a science? I, I forget which. Oh, I can't read that. I don't know where the phrase the immortal science came from. I think the science stuff. In Marxist orthodoxy, it was Engels, I think, who was who was pushing, uh, who was who was pushing it as a science. I mean, I understand that Marx for a while was interested in uh, producing a theory of history, which was something like a theory of evolution, and he he wanted to model it. He wanted something like Darwinian evolution, but decided against it. But after he died, Engels, Engels, um, and particularly Kautsky. Kautsky was a Darwinian before he was a Marxist, and he tried to turn the theory of history uh, into in, 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 into something closer to a science, which yeah. Marx I mean, hadn't done. So the history of this is quite interesting as well. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And you know what? For for what it's worth, is you know now we're way off topic, but I like to <laughs> yeah. want to bring this up. Is uh, yeah, like I, I I mean, do you think that Marxism is you know closer to uh, kind of Darwin's Kind of evolutionary theory than a lot of people a lot of people acknowledge because that's always been my impression is that you know when we talk about like uh how history moves forward or like the concept of even revolutions right it's like oh like you could call like the development of uh breathing on land is a revolution but it's not like a revolution where people storm the beaches and they're like we're breathing here now you know it's like a very long time and only made possible by the fact that there's like you know life on the ocean is uh, getting more competitive and life on land is getting more habitable so eventually like it kind of pushes through and then you know it's a well there are this scope i think for evolutionary ideas and in, in, in a marxist theory of history I, it depends who's formulating it uh i think that marxism or the scientific socialism that marx and engels tried to develop could be a legitimate social science um 
But I mean, part of the problem is that when it was being developed, it was being developed in a revolutionary context where a socialist movement needed inspiration. So they needed a theory which was going to give them a proletarian revolution. And so the scientific character of the Marxist theory of history ended up, I think, being perverted by this this ambition, this need, this this need that the movement had uh, for self confidence, um, uh, and and this is why I think Hegelianism stuck around in the structure of Marxist thinking, um, and that uh, that was completely incompatible um, with, uh, with with the scientific theory of history. But there were there have been attempts. Um, so Cohen, actually, the guy, the guy who I'm who I'm writing about, I'm not writing about Cohen's Marxism. I'm, I'm sort of writing about his later political philosophy. So I'm, I'm not as familiar with it as perhaps I should be. Sorry, uh, about, uh, about which? Uh, sorry, G A. G A. Cohen. So I'm writing a, I'm writing a thesis on G A. Cohen, and I'm writing it on his late egalitarian, you know, conventional political philosophy. Sorry, the, the next door neighbor. This 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 drilling sound is driving me nuts. I hope it doesn't come back. So. Um, uh, G. A. Cohen um, was a was a, a, a Canadian philosopher. He was a, he was a Marxist initially, and then um, ended up doing more conventional moral and political philosophy later in his career. Uh, but his first book was an attempt to defend Marx's theory of history um, on sort of uh, strictly analytic grounds, and he needed to explain. So a lot of one of the one of the problems that classical Marxism faced was um, in their division of human society into uh, an, uh, an economic base and a superstructure was uh, how to explain the fact that even though the superstructure can affect the economic base, um, uh, how is it that the economic base is meant to explain a superstructure? And um, can, I, can I ask you to hold up there the difference between economic base and superstructure real quick? Okay, so in, in Marxism, the idea is that uh, um, history, history, human history is the growth of human productive power, basically. I think, um, and uh, the um, when you're when you're when you're trying to understand the character of a society, you, you have to have a look at what the uh, level of economic technology is. So there's there's a tendency in history for humans to develop their productive forces. Um, and the uh, productive relations which obtain in a particular society obtain as they do um, uh, because they foster the growth of uh, economic power. So the productive relations just being, you know, the, the effective power that uh, one person has over another, let's say uh, capital has over, over labor, for instance. Um, and then on this economic base, which is the productive forces and productive relations, the legal and political superstructure emerges, right? So when you're looking at the law and you're looking at politics, um, you, you have you, you, to understand the character of the law and, and to understand the character of politics, you have to have a look at what the economic base is like. And so you have a, you have a, a, um, a way of understanding human society, which is empirical, right? You're, um, and, 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 and I think in the context of a social science, quite testable. Um, and so uh, one of the problems that Marxists faced was how do, you, how do you explain this causal relationship? How is it that the superstructure is explained by the economic base when it seems to be, seems quite obvious that they affect each other. And so what Cohen did is he suggested that there is a, uh, he, he, he deployed functional explanation and he thinks that this is the explanation that Marx really had in mind. So an example of functional explanation in biology would be birds have hollow bones because hollow bones tend to facilitate flight. 
And so the Marxist equivalent of this would be a particular legal or uh, legal or uh, cultural or political superstructure obtains as it does because it tends to cultivate and foster the corresponding productive forces. Okay, yeah. So like private property and agriculture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Agriculture but, leading agriculture being the productive force that leads to the superstructure of like private property and a kind of encircling enclosing of land. Yeah, right. that kind of thing. So there is, I mean, I think there is a scope for um, the, the the sort of sociology that Marx envisioned to have some, you know, to have scientific legitimacy. But it's not. I mean, what happened is the the theory was used to sustain a political movement, and the political movement needed hope, uh, and so the theory was sort of devoted to um, explaining how a proletariat was going to emerge and overthrow the um, you know, capitalist relations of production. And, and, and uh, I, I mean, I, I tend to think that this ambition transformed the Marxist theory of history practically in the context of like a practical social commitment, you know, a socialist commitment. Uh, it transformed it into a, well, a doctrine of salvation effectively. Uh, but there is, I think it has some scientific legitimacy. You just have to untangle because, you know, it, one, it's been suggested that, you know, Marx wouldn't have liked overly uh, like scientific, you know, an attempt to turn a theory of history into a science because the whole point of developing the theory was to predict a socialist revolution. Yeah. But that undermines the scientific. I mean, Darwin didn't develop this theory of evolution uh, in order to give, you know, hope and uh to a to a to a political to a mass political movement yeah or or to be like oh well, here's the theory of evolution so that humans can evolve into this you know it was uh like i mean he was he was describing as opposed like i mean that's kind of how i interpret it I'm, i've uh read, read you know decent amount of marks but like mainly capital is the one that i think about a lot and actually consider to be the most kind of you know nail on the head uh but oh, yeah, capitalism, like, it's fantastic, but it's like, oh, it's just like, seems descriptive, you know, it's mostly descriptive. There's no like, and this is why we need to do this, you know, in the way that like, I can't imagine the Darwin is like, we need to, like, humans need to evolve to do this, you know, it's like, there's just how, how and, I mean, he doesn't even, I think, talk about uh, humans and uh, origin of species, but anyway. Like the notion of like he's an imperative to make dogs better or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to yeah, fix, fix these dogs. Yeah, I, capital, capital is hard, man. I it take it. I it, you took me like a week to read the first five pages. Oh God, the first uh, like the the first like yeah, hundred pages are. I had to go back and read and reread just like the the getting the commodity into like money and the yards of linen. The, and that's the thing. That's what it, like the, that to me. It's like a, a to draw it back to the Bible. They're very similar, and it's like you need to understand that in order to kind of get the juice out of the rest of the the nut. You know, like you need to crack the shell in order to get the rewards there. If you don't understand the commodity form, you're just not. You know, it, it's not. It's the same thing with here. It's like yeah, you can just kind of skip to the New Testament and get stuff out of it, but you're missing out on like why it's. You know, like yeah. the entire base from which it's sprung, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, the the part of the, I mean, one of the very valuable things that uh, Marxism gave to the left wing movement was to insist that people not become fixated on ideals without understanding how those ideals can be brought, like actually brought about. Yeah. This is the whole basis of the distinction between 
utopian and scientific socialism, right? It's, uh, you know, you want to, you're looking at the world and you want to impose ideals on the world. Uh, But what Marx has said is you actually have to look at the world and see how your, you know, socialism is going to come out of the world itself, right? Um, And this was one of the usefulness, one of the, you know, the good things that came out of Marx's, you know, insistence that, you know, we, we have to switch Hegel around. But the problem is, he, he, I, I mean, I agree. Cohen, one, of, one of the things that Cohen suggests, and I think this is fairly controversial, but I, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I mean, it, it matches with more or less what I think, that uh, the structure of you know, Hegelian thinking was preserved in Marxist thought in a way that under, <laughs> I think undermined it. Because the, the, dialect, like the dialectical theory that permeated a lot, that permeates a lot of the Marxism that I've, I've, I've read just seems like absolute bullshit. You know, you've got you've got Rosa Luxemburg saying that history has this fine habit of producing along with the problem the solution to that problem, and this is this comes out of Hegel, the idea that uh, every problem is going to have its own solution, and yeah. it's nonsense. You can't you can't, you can't be going around saying shit like that while also insisting you have a scientific theory of history. It just doesn't work, and you can't you can't necessarily blame Marxists for this because this was being developed in a period of history when we didn't really have the the what science was was still not fixed yet. Yeah, um, but the, the the Hegelian ideas that they that they had, I think they're they're very fertile. They they they're very good at helping you think through problems. But dialectics is not a structure in the world. Right, but Marx did not write Capital with dialectics in mind. As far as I can tell, there's not a dialectical process in the world. Dialectics is just a process in in human thought. It it helps us think through things, and it's a very good way of helping us think through things. But the mistake that people seem to make is that they think it's real, and it's it's clear. I mean, it's 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 really not. Certainly not in the Marxist context, because what Hegel was doing with dialectics was trying to solve conceptual problems. Um, so in his uh, critique of mathematics or whatever, he said that, uh, you know, a lot of mathematical proofs just state, like if you look at Euclidean geometry, they state, they, 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 they state axioms, but they don't explain why they're true. You know, a, a genuine mathematical problem, you, you'll see the solution in the problem itself, in, in, yeah. in geometric problems. Um, but applying that concept to problems in the economy, and in particular mm. to relations of production, Whatever you think about the original Hegelian idea, this application of it just seems absolutely crazy. And you, you see it in, um, in, in Engels, actually, in particular. He, uh, he, he, um, he, brings, he brings these sorts of dialectical ideas and, and, and uh, uh, in, in the process of what is otherwise you know, empirically testable theories about relations of production. And then he thinks, well, so the, 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 the socialist relations of production are going to emerge out of the capitalist relations of production. And it's not clear why he thinks that. It's, and it's an, it's an Hegelian idea, and it's, incons- it's inconsistent with scientific standards. And, and this was, I think, one of the problems that Marxism faced. And, and a, lot of, a lot of people who are committed, who, who suppose themselves to be committed to, to, uh, to a Marxist worldview, are not, they, don't, they, 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 they have a lot of trouble uh, facing up to that for some reason. Uh, but it doesn't take away from the, the greatness of what Marx and Engels accomplished. You know, you, you don't have to defend everything that they did. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think that's the thing is that people get attached to uh, figures as opposed to the actual ideas that they espouse. And like when, especially when it comes to attacking figures, people will say, oh, well, like, you know, look at this piece. This is like, you know, bullshit that this person wrote and it'll be something in their earlier works. 
or like later when they were, you know, dying of dysentery or whatever, right? As opposed to like, yeah, letting, you know, I think, uh, what is it? The death of the author gets a bad rap uh, basically everywhere now. I don't know why it's, you know, it's no longer cool. But the notion that like, yeah, the arguments just, they stand for themselves. You don't need to really look at like, oh, what is the author like? You know, what were they really trying to say? You know, if you look at their life and their history and like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, just look at the text and you can kind of argue based on that merit. Anyway, yeah, back on the back to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's connections. I mean, there are connections. I think uh, Marxism yeah. is kind of like a religion. Yeah. No, it's it's actually, well, I, hey, uh, say, say, the, say the line about wokeness being a religion. Wokeness is a religion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Well, that's yeah. my that's my uh, that's my idea. I came up with that. You're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to use it yourself. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can, but it's a uh, owe you a fee. Uh, yeah, I give you permission to talk about it on this episode, but you have to be you have to credit me with it whenever you come up with it. No, absolutely. And then the royalties. So, Amos. Okay, back to Amos. Do you think he was woke? Where's the wokeness? What's the wokeness? What's the wokeness in Amos? Okay. Well, um, let's see, I I think it was. Uh, in seven uh, two, or sorry, let's just go to seven one. Thus, uh, the Lord God showed me. Behold, he was forming locusts in the beginning, shooting up of latter growth. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowing. When they had finished eating the grass, I said, "O Lord God, forgive! I beseech thee. How can Jacob stand? He's so small." Which is he's uh, fighting against the uh, incel uh, who incels who well, <laughs> height always begins with five. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's he's taking those people down a peg. Uh, small, small Jacob. Yeah, there, uh, there is no such thing as a small king, according to Amos. Anyway, is there uh, any closing closing thoughts you have on this uh, particular book or on the Bible in general? Well, um, j- just I, I, I enjoyed Amos. I didn't. Um, I'm afraid that I was more underprepared. I thought I could basically take it in in a single reading, and I, 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 I couldn't. Um, but uh, one thing that I did, one thing that I, I, I did. Uh, sort of, it did reaffirm my view that the prophets, uh, both minor and, um, and 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 the big ones, were uh, concerned with uh, the poor. You know, they they were they were concerned with injustice. There was a, there was a there seems there does seem to be a deep deep concern with with uh, with justice. Um, but uh, and Amos in particular, um, his uh, his his insistence that you can't. Uh, use ritual to get yourself out of God's judgment seems to have there's wisdom in there even if you don't accept the metaphysics right of say prophecy or, or you don't even necessarily need to believe in a personal God yeah um, but in order uh, to, to understand the the concept like the difference between you know uh, resolve and like inner inner faith versus yeah merely miming faith or going through the motions. I mean I yeah. think uh, Matt Christman on um, Christ Lovers podcast uh, Girl Talk he said something about this. He much much more eloquently than I did. I mean this is one of the recent episodes. I just I'd say you know I'm not going to remind people of a better podcast, but just go listen to that. Is basically <laughs> yeah like you go through the go through the motions of it. It's like, yeah, that, that is a form of kind of like almost, you know, uh, secular, it's like a Satanism, right? Even though you're worshiping God in action, it's actually your heart is in evil. You're, you're, uh, you're bringing hell and you're bringing hate and 
uh, from a you know visual standpoint or like a oh technically standpoint, you know you're you're, you're good, but you're you're really not. You know, it's like mm, the difference yeah. between. Uh, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like the the concept of like the D and D alignment chart and uh, good and lawful. And it's like, yeah, you can be, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think it's applicable. It's like you have uh, good, which is like, uh, you know, being nice to people or whatever, but it's anarchy. There's no real structure. It's just kind of like, it's uh, broken. It's all over the place and it can't really like function uh, that well, but you can also have law, which is, you know, you're kind of, eh, you have your rules and you have your predictability, but it's, it's soulless. It's empty. It can't hold any things. And it's impartial. Like you, how are you going to have justice come out of that? You meet, you mold them together. You meet them into lawful good. That's where the balance uh, has to be struck because you can have, you know, you have, you have to be lawful, right? You have to, you know, follow these rules. You have to uh, have this concept of like, I don't know, like uh, it, it's not just anarchy. There's some kind of structure. There's uh, some kind of consistency, right uh between people some kind of shared uh humanity and experience but you also have to have uh good with it there has to be kindness there has to be compassion there has to be love because if you don't have both then i don't know the whole thing kind of you know falls apart a little bit right and, and wonderful yeah that wonderful summary i th that was that was a a a excellently put i thought and and probably the best application of the dnd &D, uh the dnd &D chart i think i've encountered yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's well, why it's the best alignment to play. It's the only kind of, yeah. I mean, any, you know, I'm not going to tell people how to play their role-playing games, but I think it's mm -hmm. like thinking about it now, it's the most fun. Yeah. Uh, well, so Amos Amos was concerned that the, uh, you know, Israelites were being lawful neutral or lawful evil, lawful neutral at best, yeah, lawful evil at worst. And exactly. he insisted that you have to be lawful good. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm always skeptical of <laughs> this, this chart being used to explain things, but I think it works here. You know, I think it's a good way of getting the point across intuitively. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks. That's, uh, yeah, no, I think it does. It does fit. Anyways, we're, you know, hour, hour 20. Uh, so I'm going to wrap it up because it's, you know, it's 1030 here almost. I got to be up at six. Um, Anyway, thank you for coming on the pod, Freddie. This is uh, Bible Buddies. Do you have anything to plug? No, I have, I have nothing to plug. Only an apology for not talking uh, about the Bible as much as uh, I, I, I should have. I, 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 um, I, all I, the main thing I learned here was that I, I need to pay more attention to it. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't bring more to the more to the podcast than I did, but I thought it was a good discussion. Oh, you brought plenty. Honestly, this is one of the reasons that I like having uh, I mean, you know, there are a bunch of little gimmicks going with this one, but one of them is having like a bunch of uh, different guests on basically every single episode because every single one of them brings a different kind of energy, different skill sets, different knowledge, different background, uh, different interpretations. And uh, yeah, I mean, no matter what, even if you don't like the guests, there's always the next one. So <laughs> yeah, uh, for what true. it's worth, I thought I thought you did. Uh, I thought you did good. Oh, good. Well, I'm, glad I, I, I'm glad I honored what you were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll put your, uh, your Twitter in the descriptions. Thank you for coming on. I will uh, try to have you on again for the new Testament. We can talk more about what, uh, specific section does your, um, so you mentioned it's like religious kind of Marxism kind of, that's the theme. Oh, my thesis. Yeah. Your thesis. It's the, I mean, I guess um, it's like a Jewish Marxist, but like, you know, you, you I vaguely remember you mentioning the New Testament comes up, or you... oh right. Well, I mean, I, I'm interested in. Um, I'm looking at. Well, I'm 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 concerned with justice, and I'm looking at uh, my you know how uh, Marxism um, 
either you, 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 one of the one of the interesting things uh, about Marxism is that it is very 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 circumspect. It, it avoids trying to make moral statements. Right. I, I will uh, just cut you off right there. Uh, with the question I was trying to ask is there was a particular, if there was a particular, uh, particular book of the New Testament. Oh, I like see. Oh, sorry, sorry, that's sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what I was I driving see. at. I should have. Yeah. No, no, there's too, there's too much. There's too, I have, I have too many thoughts knocking about in my head. And I think I was, re- <laughs> I think I was responding to something that popped up in my head as opposed to something you said. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, any book is fine. I mean, okay. with, with the, with the new, te- I mean, with the New Testament, I mean, ideally I can't, I don't want to, um, you, I think if you're doing the uh, the Gospels, the if you're if you're looking Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you should probably have someone who's who's very familiar with them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, but um, I think Trains Get Snoopy has dibs on uh, the first one anyway. I think the first one's Matthew. Not one hundred percent sure. No, no, you should you should definitely have someone who's familiar. In fact, you probably should, you should really only have people who are more familiar than me on. I think really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm interested. I'm not. I'm preemptively yeah. declining an invitation. That's uh, no. Well, <laughs> see, I, I just don't know. I think you could probably get more interesting people to talk about this than me, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm interested, but my, my interest in it is, is totally guided by the philosophy that I'm reading and thinking about at the moment, which means um, yeah. it's perhaps not as directly concerned. There's, uh, there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of philosophical application of the Bible. I mean, that's most, most philosophers up until what, like the, the 20th century that were heavily, you know, biblically influenced uh, and, and reference a lot of it. And, and actually like a lot of philosophy was done directly with respect to uh, respect to God. So, I mean, yeah, anyways, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I, I don't think that it's that they're that dissimilar and for what it's worth. Yeah. It's like, I haven't really had a lot of, philosophical interpretations of the bible and that's actually where i personally lean just in general i'm yeah. that kind of i'm not i've never been a particularly religious uh person but you know people are trying to change that and who knows by the end of this book maybe maybe something will happen okay well let's let's play it by ear do what you think is right i'll be i would i would be i would love to come on again if you would if you would have me um but okay yeah well do then what I'll, you I'll, feel is right Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. And to all my Bible buddies out there, I love you.